Welcome to C4 Church Online, equipping you as you follow Jesus. Well, good morning, C4. It's good to have you here, and uh, for those of you who are just coming back from cottages and everything after Thanksgiving, it's good to have you here. Actually, there was a great buzz in the place this morning during the meet and greet, so obviously some of you are seeing each other after a long summer. It's good to have you, and for those of you who are going to be joining us online a little bit later, a huge welcome to you. It's, It's great to have you join us this way. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the saying, but they say that confession is good for the soul. Anybody heard that before? Well, I have a confession to make this morning, and I'd like to make my confession public. For years, I was really afraid and scared of missions. Don't get me wrong, I like the idea of missions. I like the concept of missions. And I understood that there's this verse in the Bible, that John 3.16, that for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. So I got the concept. I really understand the concept. I was okay even with missions as an activity. See, I just was scared because I actually didn't want missions messing with my life. I, uh, I had all these plans. I had all these things that I wanted to do. I had all these things that, that, that were goals in my life. There were things that I wanted to become. I had dreams. I had ambitions. Uh, you know, and I thought that somehow if, if God sort of started worming missions somehow into my heart and into my life, that he would make me become a missionary. Like the secondhand clothes, the used tea bags. Like that I'd probably end up in a country of vegetarians (laughs) where they ate no meat. God bless you, vegetarians. I mean, I know it's a choice. I don't understand it, but I know it's a choice. So I was always afraid of missions. I was just so fearful. We're in the middle of this series called All Over the Earth, and it's not just a series to kick off our year, but it's our theme for the whole year, All Over the Earth. And it resounds this great biblical concept called hope. We have hope in the past because we have seen the hand of God at work in our own lives and in our community. And so we are people that are filled with hope. We, we have hope for the future because we believe in the providence and the sovereignty of God. And so we know that in the future, God will be there and he is present in the future. So we have hope. And we have hope in the right now because God is doing wonderful things among us as a, as a church. He's doing things here, you know, in terms of our corporate nature, but also personally in our lives, as so many of us can give testimony to. So we have hope in the past, the future, and the present. Over the last several weeks, we've been coming back to some really familiar verses. And, and you know, they're, if you've done church for a long time, they're so familiar. But, but we can't lose the impact of these verses. Like, these verses are critical to us. They're familiar, yes, but, but just let them speak to you this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 say this. Sorry, 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. As you were going, I talked about last week, in your everyday, ordinary life, as you go about your normal life, what are you and I to do? We are to make disciples. 
And we've taken a few weeks to kind of flesh out what does discipleship look like here at C4? What are the marks of, of a person who is a fully devoted follower of Jesus? Well, we said, you know, first and foremost, it's someone who has crossed the line of faith. Someone who actually believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, who has believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And the outward sign of that, we say here, is baptism. And so that's why we encourage people to get baptized. And we do it publicly because it's this great declaration that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so a disciple is someone who has believed Secondly, a a disciple is someone who attends church weekly. We think that's the mark of a true disciple, a a person who is fully devoted to Jesus Christ because we come together in large gatherings like this and we do them primarily on the weekend and we do them in age-related situations. So over in C4 Kids right now, at their age group, they are doing the same things that we're doing here. Back here in our junior youth program, they're doing the same things that we're doing here. And tonight, our young adults will do the same things. See, there's something just wonderful about the gathered body of Christ together where we get to worship together and we sit under the teaching of God's word together and we learn and we grow together. The third mark of a healthy follower of Jesus Christ, a fully devoted follower of Christ, is that they get connected in a connect group. And some of you, uh, you know, go to uh, connect classes and and to connect events, and those are great, uh, but they push us towards, they move us towards doing life together with some other people in a smaller setting, because Pastor Lori keeps reminding us over and over again that in the connect group is where someone notices your spiritual growth, and then someone understands and walks through difficult situations with you, and you walk through it with them. And we can't do that in a large crowd like this, we do that in smaller groups, and so you need to get connected. And then last week I talked a lot about service and the need to get involved to serve God with our time, our talents, our energy, to serve God with our finances, to serve God with our intellect, to serve God with everything that we have. And so we filled out these cards, and if you weren't here last week, they are still available up at the front where everything else is. They're up here, and they're available to you, and we'd encourage you to fill that out so that we can get you connected in a serving opportunity so you can join a team or serve in other ways around the church. But today, out of this great passage that Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, today we get to focus in on the all nations piece And I'm so thrilled and so excited that we're sharing this together today as a church. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, just before Jesus ascended, he gathered his followers around him and he said these words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And last week, if you were here, I mentioned that for us, Jerusalem is right here at C4, and we need to be involved in making disciples right here in our community of faith, and we do so much around that. But then I also explained that, that uh, Judea, Samaria is the GTA for us, and the Jerusalem piece is the friendly piece. It's, it's the piece where people are just like us, and so it's easy for us to transfer there. But Samaria for us in the GTA is when we begin to cross cultural, social, economic, uh, ethnic backgrounds, and, and we jump over those hurdles in order to make disciples. But also, we need to go to the ends of the earth, to the far places of the earth to make disciples. Last week, I talked about transitions in the book of Matthew. And each time a transition verse appears in the book of Matthew, 
There's something that happens. There's a shift that happens. There's a transition. There's a change that happens. And my challenge last week is that each of us needs to embrace these shifts, these transitions, these changes in our lives. Because even though as human beings we find change generally very scary... The change is absolutely needed in our lives. God uses change, he uses shifts, and he uses transitions to help us mature as followers of God. But last week it was all about personally the shifts and the transitions that we're facing. And today what I want to talk about is some corporate shifts and transitions that are taking place, particularly in the area of world missions. Back in May 2014, we launched the plan here at C4. The plan was our plan for the next five years. After taking time to hear God in prompting, we assembled uh, particularly staff and ministry leaders together, and we worked out a five-year plan. And coming out of that five-year plan, one of our strategic initiatives is in the area called compassion. And compassion for us is all about world missions. It's about evangelism. It's about helping meet the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of people in Jesus' name. And here's what it says in the plan around compassion. It says, by making sure that what happens on a local and global front are integrated... We will build a truly global approach to compassion that is sustainable and discipleship-oriented. When it comes to missions, when it comes to what we are involved in on a global level, what happens on the global level must make sense and must tie directly into what we are doing here at C4 and in our Judea and Samaria in the GTA so that they're all linked together, so that they actually make sense, so that there's some alignment between them. See, when you start studying missions, you know, from a sort of a, a, a 101, missions 101 level, you, you realize that there's kind of three areas that you have an opportunity to get involved in. The first area that we can get involved in is the area of relief. And let's use, for example, when, when, uh, when that terrible earthquake hit Haiti. Let's use that as an example because it helps to explain this. When it first hit, when news, you know, started going out over the world that there was this terrible, devastating earthquake in Haiti... Relief organizations kick in right away. That's their signal. That is their starter's pistol that something needs to happen. And so they charge in and they assess the immediate needs. They minister to people, you know, medically. They look after the sick and the dying. They take care of the dead. They, they provide people with water. They, they come and they just immediate needs and they get involved. That's relief. But after relief has, you know, been there for just a short period of time, usually like weeks or months... Then the second area that, that begins to take over is what we call rehabilitation. Rehabilitation now comes in, and rehabilitation says, okay, so we've, we've, we've taken care of some of the real immediate needs, but how do we get the economy beginning to function again? How do we rebuild homes that have been damaged? How do we make sure that hospitals are set up for ongoing you know, care of people? Well, how do we look after sort of the medium-term needs of people now? And so rehabilitation you know, now takes over. And after things get stabilized, which is the goal of both relief and rehabilitation, after things get stabilized, then development is the area that takes over. And that's where we're going to be primarily involved at C4, in this area of development. Looking at the 
emotional and physical needs of people on an ongoing relational basis. See, the thing with relief is you jump in for a period of time, it's much needed, and you help for a short period of time, and then you jump out again because there's other relief that needs to happen around the world. Same with rehabilitation. Once things are sort of brought back to a normal level, then rehabilitation doesn't need to happen anymore, and you jump out. But for us, we're focusing in this area of development because we want to be in these relationships for long periods of time. We want to build strong and lasting relationships with those we partner with. About two years ago, we realized that we needed a new strategy for world missions here at C4. And Pastor Angela Mason and myself talked about what this could look like for us at C4. And so Pastor Ange pulled together a team And she has worked over the last two, two and a half years behind the scenes with a team of people on the things that you're going to hear about this morning and the things that you're actually going to see this morning. And so I need to give a huge thanks to Pastor Ange and to her team. They have done outstanding work. They have worked so hard behind the scenes. And so much of what I'm presenting to you today and what you're going to see today is a result of Ange's leadership and a result of that team's work. Today is a really special day for us as a church. It's a monumental day for us as a church. It's about where we're going and what we're doing in God's great heartbeat for the nations of the world. We are beginning to step up our commitment to world missions in a new and refreshing and exciting way that will help us build for a sustainable future through some intentional partnerships. Here's C4's mission strategy. We are going to be global in our focus, partnering in our efforts, and strategic in our priorities. And and those just need some real quick explanation. Global in our focus. Yes, it's a made-up word. We made it up, okay? So global, it takes local and global, and it just joins them together. It'll get a red line under it every time, but get over it, okay? It's global, all right? It's all right. (laughs) Is that a made-up word? Is he using wrong words? Yes, I am. Okay, it's global. Global in our focus. But really what we're saying there is that we want to know that what, what we do out there in the uttermost parts of the earth in obedience to Jesus' command makes sense with what we're doing right here in our own community and in the GTA. And we are involved and want to be involved in transformational development, the process of growth and change that is not necessarily relief-oriented, not rehabilitation, but transformational develop, development in a long-term relationship. We want to be involved with ministries that are doing intentional and effective disciple-making. Like telling people who don't yet know about Jesus the great news of Jesus. Helping equip people in their faith and training people to be equipped in ministry, to become leaders of movements in their geographic region. We also say it's partnering in our efforts. We have some criteria for our partnership. There has to be an affinity, first of all, with C4. And we have to sort of believe the same things. There has to be, you know, a coming together in our statement of beliefs. But not only just beliefs, but philosophical alignment. You know, what does it mean to serve in Jesus' name? You know, the the purpose and core values of C4. There has to be an affinity between us and those that we're partnering with. It also has to be sustainable, We are not in this for a short-term big splash. We are in this for relational, long-term connection. We want to understand what culturally relevant means in the places that we go. Not that we're taking our culture to their culture, but we want to understand their culture, and we want to help them in the midst of that culture to make fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. 
The projects and everything that we do out on the field will actually not be initiated by us at C4, but will be initiated by our partners because we, as North Americans, we as Canadians, we want to actually go with a towel and a basin and serve like Jesus served. So it's not all about us. It's about them. And we're just going to draw alongside them. And we want to be involved with a sending agency. We want someone who's going to be a cultural bridge for us, who's going to help us understand, who's going to help us do a lot of the logistics around this. But also it's got to be uh, one of our efforts, our partnering efforts is around mutuality. There needs to be shared investment. And I like to use the, the, the language here that we will trade, but we will use different currencies. Obviously, one of the currencies that we bring to the table is actual dollars. Because so many of our friends in developing nations, they don't have funds. And so we, we have lots of funds. So we bring funds to the table. But that's not the only thing that we bring. We bring education. We bring ministry experience. We bring all kinds of gifts to the table. And in return, we don't get money back, but we get, in my opinion, so much more We get experience. We get relationships that are new and vibrant. We get understanding other cultures. We get a worldview shift for us. And so we trade these different currencies, but it's around discipleship and around opportunities to minister one to another. And then finally, it's around God's leading. We believe that God is leading us into some very specific partnerships. And then finally, we're strategic in our priorities. If a potential partner doesn't meet these priorities, then we simply won't partner with them. Now, that doesn't mean they're not doing great work. They are doing great work, but we just simply won't form a partnership if they are not ministering to the vulnerable, the displaced, and the unreached. The vulnerable, the homeless, those living in poverty, human trafficking, children around the world, the displaced, the immigrants, the refugees, the orphans, the migrant workers, and the unreached, our neighbors, other religious communities, ethno-linguistic people groups that don't yet know the Jesus that we love. And so this morning I have this great privilege, and you have this great privilege, of being introduced to our global partners. And so first of all, I want to introduce you to our glo- one of our global partners uh, in Bangladesh. Watch this video, please. Partners International has this incredible opportunity called Adopt-A-Village Bangladesh. And in 2015, C4 sent a team to a village that we have come alongside. This program gives opportunity for local Christian Bengali couples to move into remote villages and help with community development by focusing on savings groups, education, and church planting. I'm Leo Shorkar. I'm serving as the General Secretary of Bangladesh Baptist Church Fellowship. We are working on the, uh, with a holistic approach of social transformation. We have a church growth program, we have evangelist, and uh, also we have a social kind of ministry. Uh, we are trying to integrate uh, those ministries together, putting together. We are now having a couple, husband and wife both, so that uh, together they can reach the, the male and female, because in our culture, uh, male cannot go to the female and, and share the gospel. That is, that is a barrier for, for our culture. So we are now uh, uh, preparing the couples so that they can be the instrumental and, and we are preparing them so that they can be the uh, pastor's couple and also the community development organizer. These young Christian couples, they give up everything, including their safety, to move into these remote villages and share the love of Christ. When we walk through the villages, 
we realize that there's great power in presence, in just simply being there and showing people that you care and helping them to see that their lives are of great value. One of the most exciting moments for me was being in the church service and experiencing worship and how it's God's heart that we would worship with all nations all together. And it was just an overwhelming and exciting experience to hear uh, people praising and, and singing to God. People see, see the difference because the couples are really living with them, staying with them and, and demonstrating uh, really some, something good. And they are really caring, they are loving. So that is very important. And also in many places there is no safe water. So that is very important uh, because the, most of the uh, most part of the Bangladesh is full of arsenic. So it's really dangerous. So we try to install a deep oil in the church compound. Uh, so that people can come and take uh, safe water. So that is also great, uh, you know, for the community to when they see the Christians are coming and, and offering their uh, good waters. I mean, safe water. Jesus Christ is the living water. Let's call upon Him. Join me and pray for these local pastors. Pray for their ministry. Pray for their survival, and then continue to give towards C4 so that we can send a portion of this money to this village. As opportunities come about, join us in serving this partnership. So we have this great opportunity to get involved in Bangladesh. And, and, and I hope you were listening closely to what was being shared in there. Physical, emotional, and spiritual needs in Jesus' name. And, and yeah, you know, we, we can send funds, and we are sending funds, but those funds are literally transforming communities. The Adoptive Village Program, can you imagine being that couple <laughs> that goes into a village of 25,000 people where, as far as you know, you're the only follower of Jesus in that village? And it's your job it's your job to help transform that village with the good news of Christ and the, and the holistic ministry that Jesus brings. Can you imagine what it would feel like to know that there's a church like C4 right behind you, praying for you, praying for you every day, faithfully, financially supporting you, to empower you to go and do the job that you have been called by God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit to do in that village. I can't imagine how scary it would be to be that couple. And yet we can stand with them. We could stand behind them. And we can offer so much. See, this is not just an opportunity, friends. This is something we must do as a people. Because people are not lining up to follow this ministry. We are a significant, significant partner. And, and my heart burns inside because if we don't do this, who is going to do this? Who is going to stand behind these people? And we get so much back from them. The, this village that they're going into is, the villages are either predominantly Muslim or predominantly Hindu. And I don't know about you, but around me, all over my neighborhood are Muslims and Hindus. And these people can teach me how to effectively reach my neighborhood. See, it's a, it's a two-way street here. And that's why we're entering into this great partnership. And so I would encourage you to think about Bangladesh and the involvement. But that's just the first partnership. Let me now introduce you to our partnership in Uganda.
C4 is excited to be working in Africa through partnership with international teams with a program called Impact Uganda. Impact Uganda has four components. The first one is a focus on refugees and widows. The second one is leadership training for young pastors. And the third one is a focus on homeless youth. So they have Jinja, which is an outreach program, and Jeremiah House, which is a residential home. The Impact Uganda program leader is Anne Mwangi. She oversees all four ministries. She runs the Widows and Refugee Ministry. The Refugee Women is a program that aims at um, reaching and empowering a refugee woman. And basically what we do, we counsel them, we teach them some basic skills, and we also teach them on entrepreneurship, where we also give them some little startup capital. I am a woman, one, and so anything about women touches me. And uh, I have gone through a very hard time. And so I really empathize with the woman that is going through a tough time. And so it's like God allowed whatever I went through to equip me to reach another woman and to become a mouthpiece for this woman. And so, you know, my heart goes for this woman that ran from her country to this country, the second country, not sure where she was going to, not sure how she will survive, not sure how the children will, you know, eat or school or meet their basic needs. And so that touches my heart so much. The C4 team who went to Uganda heard these amazing stories of, of trauma and yet these women who have gone through so much have such strong faith and devotion and trust in a God that has brought them through so much. They need sometimes somebody who can empathize with them because if they tell me, you know, I've gone through rape, personally I've gone through that and so I empathize with them and somehow whatever helped me get out of it and forget the past, I'm able to share with them and give them hope and actually that's an encouragement to them that if she went through it, and she's the way she is, then I have hope I can sail through and become a better woman tomorrow. Another amazing ministry within the Impact Uganda is the pastoral training. This is a great opportunity for those of us from C4 who have Bible training or who are teachers to come and help equip them. Pastoral training program is a training that aims at reaching the pastors who have never gone through any formal leadership or pastoral training. And these are people, not necessarily just the pastor, but we reach the leadership of the church, the elders, the evangelists, any person in leadership. And what we do, we focus on three areas, on character, because character is everything God can give to you but it's character that will maintain you there. And then we teach them on uh, basic skills of leadership. And uh, then we also teach them on some knowledge. They also need to know about some knowledge about the Word of God. And so basically that's what we target on. After that, we send them back to the churches where they came from to, and they implement whatever they have learned. There are an incredible number of children who are living on the streets in Uganda. And so Impact Uganda has two ministries for them. The Jeremiah House, which is a residential home. If these boys have nowhere else to go, they can go and live in this home. And then Jinja Connection, which is an outreach center. It has meals, places for them to wash, and a school program for them. Jinja Connection targets the street children boys and girls who are already in the streets and what we do is we call them for leadership. They come to the center, they are given formal training 
and also being counseled, given food and a place where they can take shower, brush their teeth and change their clothes. And then in the evening go back to the streets. The sanctuary is a, a place that targets also the street children and uh, these are um, basically children that had boys and girls who had been in the streets and then they have been rehabilitated. Mostly they come from different other programs and uh, they have gone through the, the, the trainings, they have shown some change and uh, they are ready to be integrated back to their community and so they come and they are able to go to school and continue with their schooling or go to colleges. One of the refugees told the C4 team member that so often we feel like God has forgotten us. But when you come, we know he cares. Every year, C4 is going to send a team to impact Uganda. So we're inviting you to consider going or support those who are going. And join us in praying for this ministry. Pray for Anne Mwangi and pray for the other leaders. Pray for the widows and the refugees and these homeless youth. And pray that God will transform lives. Join us in giving towards this project because when you give towards C4, a portion of your offering goes directly to this program. God is doing amazing things in Uganda and we have the privilege of joining in what he's doing all over the earth. I'm so glad that you met my friend Anne, and uh, I've known Anne for about seven, eight years now, and get the privilege of working alongside her as I volunteer in Uganda. And so at C4, we're going to get involved in Impact Uganda, and there's so much opportunity for you get, to get involved. As you heard Pastor Ange say, we're going to be sending a team probably every year, and this January, February, uh, I'll be leading a team going back to Uganda, and, and so we'll be telling you more about that, and you'll get an opportunity to get involved. I'm so excited that someone from our church is going, uh, Rhonda Jones, uh, who comes here to C4. Um, her life circumstances have dictated that she has some free time right now, and she's going for between three and six months, and she's going to go, and she's going to be our representative there in Uganda as a, uh, as a partnership facilitator. She's going to go and understand the needs into greater depth, and then communicate back with us on our behalf, and so, so excited about that. But again, think about these pastors who have no formal education, who need someone to stand behind them. You know, it costs about $150 to fully uh, sponsor a pastor to go through this four months of, of training. And out of Anne's ministry, which is Anne and a couple of refugee women who help her and some local pastors who help her do the training, 165 churches, brand new churches, have been planted in Uganda, Rwanda, Sudan, Kenya, and Tanzania because of this ministry. Yes. But they desperately need our help. They desperately need our support. We can go there and we can equip them and we can train them. For those of you who have maybe Bible school background or a small business background, we can go and we can do so much with these pastors, with these refugee women and with these children. And so there's great opportunity for us to get involved there. But that's only two out of three. So now let me introduce you to our last global partner, India. Yeah. <laughs> Through Partners International, we've partnered with the Mahima Home. This is an aftercare home 
for girls who have been rescued out of the horrendous life of human trafficking. In India, most of the trafficking that happens is girls who are from more rural areas, from really poverty-stricken families, that they are taken uh, from their families, sometimes with promises of job, sometimes with promises of marriage, sometimes just kidnapped. And then they are brought into the cities and where the demand is for these uh, girls, and they are sold into these brothels. So the families sometimes even unknowingly let their children go, feeling that, oh, she'll have a job and that'll be more income for us. But they don't really, they're just so trusting, they let them go with strangers. But there is, again, a small percentage of families where prostitution is traditional. So they will groom their daughters from the child time they're really young to be in the trade. And the parents themselves are the brothel owners and they are their pimps. So that is another area of where young children are coming into these brothels. But most are just from unsuspecting families, young girls who fall in love with the young man who's come into the village, or someone promising marriage without any dowry, and parents are just being taken in by that and sending their children off. In 2015, we sent a team from C4 to go and visit the Mahima home. Our lives were greatly impacted by the stories we heard, and we realized there's significant opportunity for us to partner with them. For the brothel owners, these girls are commodities, that the more they can use them, the more money they can make. So they just use them to the maximum. They don't care about their health. They don't care if they're sick. They don't care if they've just gone through abortion. They will put them to work maybe just one day after they've had that. So continuously they are forced to abort babies. They are not looked after uh, at all. So life in a brothel is, you know, like one of my girls shared with me just today, is that even when I'm in a home where the doors are closed, it just reminds me of those rooms where they would keep us locked up all the time. So when they come out of places like this, they're usually very hostile because they've been brainwashed into thinking that if they are out of that place, they're going to go to a worse place. So when they walk into the Mahima home and they've seen what this place stands for, we've had girls who've come in within 10 minutes, extremely hostile girls, within 10 minutes of being in the home and being around the girls. And when one of my staff come and ask her, so how do you feel about being here? She just said one simple sentence, which I think sums it all. She said, this feels like home. So I think that is what Mahima is able to provide the girls, the security, the protection, the feeling that they are among people who love them, people who value them. And along with all of that, of course, is the therapy, is the healing that comes through, the fact that we are able to share God's love with them and that they are able to feel more and more valued as they be part of this whole process of their restoration. Just hearing the stories of what these girls have gone through, you know that you can be praying for them. So we're inviting you to pray for Samita, pray for her staff, pray that these girls will be restored, and pray for convictions of the perpetrators. When you become more aware about human trafficking, get involved in social justice issues. And then continue to give. A portion of your offering that you give to C4 will go directly towards helping this home. And we're also inviting you to serve. Get involved locally and globally to help end human trafficking. Human trafficking, trafficking is so unjust. It is so wrong on so many levels. And our friends and our partners in India 
or like on the front lines of what is happening there. And we get this great opportunity, this great privilege to partner along with them to really, really make a difference. You know, I heard of one of the guys that went on, on this trip and he came home and he was already transitioning his business and he, he followed through with that transition and it's made a difference now because locally now he's volunteering in one of our, lo- our local partners over in Oshawa by volunteering in a leadership role on their board. And, and he's, he's looking with other people, how do we find and create a safe place in Durham so that victims of human trafficking... Yeah, I said here in Durham, victims of human trafficking here have a safe place where people will care about them and help them. See, that's the difference that partnership can make. God's great heart for the world is so evident. And so we're partnering together with these ministries because we believe that all over the earth, people need to hear the good news of Jesus and they need to be told about the love of Christ. And so it is our job, along with our global partners and our local partners, to tell all of the world that Jesus loves them and deeply cares about them. Amazing, amazing. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10 is why why we're so passionate about this and why we simply must do it. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. And they were standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, one day, one day this is all going to be over and we're going to be in heaven together and we get the opportunity. You see, one day missions is going to stop. One day, pain and suffering is going to end. One day, there's not going to be any more economic or social environmental disasters. One day, there's only going to be one thing that exists, and that's worshiping before the throne of Jesus. And right now, right now is where we need to tell as many people as possible about the good news of Christ. The opportunity to tell them is right now. So I started out confessing that I was afraid of missions. And many of you are afraid of missions. But I hope this morning that maybe you can see that there's a way for you to get involved. That there's an open door right in front of you to get involved in world missions through the partnerships that we have here at C4. You see, here's how we can all get involved. All of us can pray. All of us can pray. All of us can give. We can continue to give to C4 and we can give over and above and we can give abundantly, hilariously, just out of control type of giving so that we are fully empowered to take on even more partners and to see this good news of Christ all over the earth. And some of you can serve and you can go. Some of you can serve and you can go. And some of you can serve right here at home. There are many ways that we can get involved This morning, you came and you got this great magazine. And I want to give a huge shout out to our creative department. This magazine, the videos that you've seen, and the song that was just sung, all from C4 people. All from C4 people. And so I so appreciate 
All of the creative talent under Pastor Chris's leadership, all of the creative talent that happens around here so that we can communicate so clearly the good news of Jesus Christ and we can encourage you about getting involved. And so near the end of this magazine, there's this great page that you can say, yeah, look, here's my commitment. You know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you look at, at Uganda and you say, God bless you, Dave, you go. I can't stand the sunshine. I love the snow. I will stay here and I will not get involved in Uganda. That's what you want to do. You do that. But you could fill this out. You could fill it out for all of our partnerships or you can fill it out maybe for one that God is tugging your heart on. And you can say, look, I commit to continue giving. I'm going to even step up my giving to C4 because I want to send a message that I am not good with the things that are happening in these areas and I want to stand behind some people and I really want to get involved. And you can do that. And you can say, I'm going to commit to pray. I'm going to pray every, every month. I'm going to pray every week. I'm going to pray every day for one of these or all of these partners and for the leaders that are in these partners. One of them is actually coming to visit. One of the people from India, from our partnership in India, October 30th, is going to be here. So you can actually come and meet Pastor Ashok and come and, and tell him that you're going to pray and you're going to support. And then you can commit to serve in various ways. And you can sign your name and you can date it. And we've made this of quality so you can put it in your Bible, you can put it in your purse, you can put it in your car so that every day you'll remember our partners who are depending on us and are so ready for us to partner along with them. So I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray. And then the team is going to lead us in a closing worship song. So, Jesus, thank you for all that you have done for us as individuals, first of all. But thank you that our church, that C4, having been prompted, we believe, by you, get to be involved in these great global and local partnerships so, Jesus, would you use us now for your honor and glory, and would you speak to us individually and corporately about what you want to do in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of C4, visit c4church.com.